This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 1st. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, January's already gone. Check that box. IFA is rapidly approaching, and before that still comes an amazing Zorforum Masterclass featuring the iconic e-myth author Michael E. Gerber. That program comes knocking at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, February 16th. It'll be live and available to anyone in franchise leadership from emerging all the way to enterprise-level brands. As you begin planning your upcoming IFA convention experience, when is a better time than now to be certain that you are dialed into the things that really matter in your business? When better than now to hear from Michael E. Gerber, the master of transformation, and either affirm that you are clearly already on the right track, or that perhaps you may need a bit of a course correction away from the status quo or worse, to a course more likely to lead you to the promised land. Your registration for this masterclass and attendance is absolutely free, made possible by our friends at FRM Solutions and 919 Marketing. Immediate registration, though, is suggested to assure your seat is protected. Don't delay. Hundreds have already secured their seats, so don't run the risk of being locked out. Simply search for the Zorforum Masterclass on LinkedIn or at Zorforum.com. Your name and your email address are all that you'll need to share in order to register. So, get her done. Today, we're supposed to be joined by Roger Martin, CEO of Thrive More Brands and co-founder and CEO of Beam Light Therapy as well as Rockbox Fitness. A little juggling in our schedule, though, has us instead hearing today from Scott Thompson, Chief Development Officer and Managing Director at Level 5 Capital Partners. Roger will still be joining us, just not today. Before I bring Scott Thompson in, thanks first to another Scott, last week's guest, Scott Zide. Lots of take-home value in that conversation, so if you've yet to check it out, download it today wherever you go for your podcasts. Let's take a quick break here, and I'm back in two minutes or less with Scott Thompson. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Franchisors of restaurants, bars, and grills, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. If you're looking to engage guests... Elevate profits and enhance your customer experience, Atmosphere TV is the answer. What's Atmosphere, you ask? Atmosphere is the world's number one streaming TV service for businesses, here to help you make more and save big on overpriced cable packages. Atmosphere provides you with a free programming option, bringing more than 60 ultra-engaging audio-optional channels designed to please customers and increase their average ticket. So, how does it work? Well, it's easy. Upon sign-on, Atmosphere sends you a free device loaded with over 60 channels of eye-grabbing entertainment. From news and sports to viral videos and fuzzy animals, every channel is family-friendly and designed to keep your customers happy and engaged. Plus, thanks to Atmosphere's 100% audio-optional format, the programming is perfect for any setting, no matter how loud or busy. Atmosphere isn't limited to restaurants or bars either. Any business with a TV screen can benefit from better entertainment. So, stop playing and paying overpriced cable 
cable. Go with free TV instead. Chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto shops, anyone with TV in their waiting rooms can jump on this amazing offer. Just go to atmosphere.tv forward slash sign up and use the code FRANCHISE and Atmosphere will waive the usual one-time $99 activation fee for your free-to-stream device. Visit Atmosphere online at atmosphere.tv and remember, use the code FRANCHISE to waive your one-time activation fee. Visit atmosphere.tv to elevate your franchise's entertainment experience today. Scott Thompson is Chief Development Officer and Managing Director of all the brands operating under the Level 5 Capital Partners banner, most notably Big Blue Swim Schools. Scott is a strategic franchise executive and lifelong learner and planner. He is also a data-driven sales and marketing executive that continuously innovates and leverages technology to the nth degree to accelerate growth across all the brands he's aligned with. His specialties, franchise development, lease negotiations, real estate, financing, sales and marketing, training, franchise law, corporate startups, business coaching, partnership development, and team building and technology. Quite a resume. And he joins me now to talk about all of that and more. Scott Thompson, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks, Dan. Great to be here. How are you? I'm living the dream just like you. Some weeks nightmares, some weeks fable, but you know, living the dream in either event. How about you? Uh, same. We're we're enjoying the journey we are on, the journey of franchising. It's fun. Absolutely. Scott, i got to hit you with a number and see if it means anything to you, all right? Sure. 2,842. 2,842. The answer is no, it doesn't mean anything to you, but I'm going to tell you why it should. Sure, tell me. Because I think this is a new high watermark. That's the number of connections you and I share on LinkedIn. And when the number goes north of a 1,000, I always tell the audience who they're hearing from this week is somebody worthy of knowing. But when you get to 2842, that's crazy. That's uncharted territory. A lot of people, my friend. (laughs) A lot of years under our belt. And that's what we're going to start with. So why don't we pick up with how franchising found you, what you were doing when it did find you, and we'll take some milestones along the way of things that are lessons learned or maybe even things that you've learned that you'd never do again. But let's start from there. Where do we begin? I was a 20, 22-year-old kid. I just finished college in uh, Boston, Mass. I was actually went to Bridgewater State College. I worked full-time while I was doing that. And when I graduated, my intent was to do cardiac rehab at Brigham and Women's Hospital, where I did my internship. Unfortunately, uh, the cardiologist decided that he didn't want to hire me. So I felt like, okay, I need to find something that fell in my exercise science kind of field. And um, I didn't want to work in the big, large, big box gyms. So I found this kind of private personal training studio in uh, Newton, Mass. It was a full-time opportunity and it was working with clients one-on-one. It was uh, one client, one trainer, one goal was their motto. And I liked that because I could impact people and help people with their health. So the reason why I took the job, A, it was full-time, but also they had this thing called a producer to leader program that really didn't know much about, but it basically was if you came up with a franchise fee, they would help you get financing to open your own facility. I then worked there for good about a year, and then I was able to come up with the 24000 Beg, borrowed, and stole. Talked, you know, had one uncle gave me 10 grand, bank gave me 10 grand, and I had like 10 grand. So, and then uh, Rick, Rick Sikorsky, who was the founder of Fitness Together uh, out of Denver, Colorado, gave me 66,000 and, you know, took, took about 
I think a point and a half off the top and it was at 14% interest rate. And then I got an equipment lease for the rest and voila, I opened up a store in Dedham, Massachusetts about a year later. And that was my first store. I had painted the walls myself. I had done a bunch of things to save money. Um, I did not have a ton of working capital to go out and market. I wasn't in the greatest location. Uh, I was kind of on route one on in, in Dedham, off the beaten path a little bit. So I had to do things that were unorthodox to get customers. Um, but I did a lot of networking in the market at the time. I was a ambassador for the Neponset Valley Chamber of Commerce. I met a whole bunch of small business owners in the community. And that was a, a big re- way that I was able to get clients in the door and, and ultimately keep them long term. I did that for, gosh, for probably three or four years. And I had opened up two more facilities. I had a couple of wealthy clients that wanted to put together a business plan to uh, open up up along the East Coast, about 25 locations. And uh, we did that business plan. And then at, what ended up happening is Rick Sikorsky flew out and said, hey, we, um, we want you to become a, a master franchisee. What does that mean? Well, Brian, who was the original franchisee in, in Boston, who sold me my location, he was the master franchisee. And at that time, he had 40 locations, probably somewhere around, I don't know, he had some good passive income, let's say. And I said, well, I, I want to do the same thing. So I thought it was less risk for us to do the master license. And so I ended up selling my individual locations to some other franchisees in the market. And I moved to New York to start to develop the business in New York. At the time, there was one or two loca- existing locations that I had to support. And then I had put a plan together to, to open up 30 or 40 locations. Fast forward three years, we, we opened up 35 locations. We were doing great, good passive income. The business was up and to the right. And then, you know, the, the, the stock market and everything started, to, the financial crisis happened <clears throat> and could see the writing on the wall. And Rick Sikorsky had sold back to private equity, I think in 2007, late 2007 and 2008, 2009, we started to see the writing on the wall. Franchises were struggling. I had to renegotiate leases, do some royalty reduction and certain help people put the capital back into to the marketing. And, you know, I think at that point, one-on-one training was a, is a luxury that folks were kind of turning, not turning away from or looking for alternatives. And so uh, I decided to sell back to Enhanced Capital. Uh, and then I did that. And then we ended up, I ended up working with them uh, as a director of franchise development. And then from there, they, six months later, they weren't growing. They kind of laid a bunch of us off and it was time to move on. So that was a 10-year career there and kind of like, well, what do I do? And I definitely learned a lot of skills along the way, uh, school of hard knocks, if you will. And I ended up taking a position completely outside of the health and wellness world and into pools. <laughs> I ended up working with a French pool manufacturer called Piscine de Joyeux out of Saint-Étienne, France. Uh, they had the largest manufacturer of recycled plastic kind of pools that they build all over the world. They have 500 locations. They've always wanted to penetrate the United States and have struggled. And they said, the best way for you to, if you're going to take this position as the executive vice president of the U.S., we, we want you to relocate to the Southeast. And so that's what brought me down to Atlanta. And I was in uh, 2010. That's um, when we met, I think. Before we start talking about DeJoya, what, yeah. I just want to check in with you on the Fitness Together side to see whether or not Jeff Jervik was one of those 2,842 people we shared in common. Um, probably certain he is. Yeah, Jeff and I know each other very well. Jeff uh, was our COO and then CEO at the time. You know, he came in, I think, 
with Enhanced Capital experience. He worked at Papa John's and I think he owned in Hawaii. And then he also was a COO for um, Krispy Kreme. But yeah, exceptional leader, somebody who understands operations. And, how and he, had, he had Elements Massage too, didn't he? Yeah, we, we had a, when I was leaving, Rick had, had brought on Elements Therapeutic Massage, which was scaling. And now, which basically FT is, is part of WellBiz, which is Dry Bar, I think Lash Lounge. All right. Um, and all those concepts, yeah. So back then, that's when I was, those were my Frank Connect days, and you've had some of those too, but we'll save that for later. Let's pick up where we left off and talk about your arrival here in Atlanta. Yeah, I moved, moved here in 2010. I'm living in New York City, living in Boston, you know, the Southeast. I've never lived down here, so it's kind of un, unknown chartered, chartered waters and pleasantly surprised. I love the Southeast now. I'm still here. And basically, we set up their subsidiary in Roswell, Georgia, and it was a physical location. It was about a 12,000 square foot facility where there was a retail portion in the front. We could buy chemicals and talk to sales consultants about building a pool. And then there was a warehouse in the back where we did the kitting for the pools. And there was some offices above that we just had the admin and financial kind of resources up there. So that was their U.S. operations. Um, and we um, we scaled that operation to about 20 million in sales in a short amount of time and doing really well. The only the challenge is they, they just didn't want to scale the the french they they look at business differently than than we do from a growth perspective and um you know they were content with having the single location and and doing that for many many years and for me the that that was not a long-term opportunity that i wanted to continue on you know getting stung by bees on the weekend spraying out pools is not fun so (laughs) I, i decided to go back into on the franchise development side and I along the way I became great friends with the outside counsel Catherine Rooks and uh, she ended up tapping my shoulder to come over to premium franchise brands which is Jampro made right and I worked with Rich Kassane there for many years and Jack LaPointe but we we grew made right which is their was their sister company on the residential cleaning side and then we had Jampro and we, which was their kind of long-term legacy brand. And we, we did that well. We, I sold nine countries while I was there. We basically sold out some of the major markets. I really enjoy today after not being there for a few years, seeing some of those people that were brought in at the time that I was there is having amazing success. I mean, we have a franchisee and a master franchisee in, in Detroit who recently won the Founders Award, which is a you know, pretty distinguished award that Jack LaPointe gives out to one franchisee a year. My team and I, we brought those franchisees in. Well, we did that for, uh, I was there four years. It was sold multiple times while we were there. So J.H. Whitney to uh, Webster Capital and then to Incline Equity Partners. Um, I think now it's even with another private equity. And they've, again, the growth they've had there was amazing. I did a short stint at Frank Connect. Uh, Frank Connect has always been my uh, go-to technology solution when I'm building out uh, systems and process and automation and trying to make it simplified for the team to work with candidates. I think I've mastered that that technology. You haven't quite mastered it or you'd be on FRM by now, but we'll just save that conversation for another day. <laughs> very, very, very true, Stan. Very true. I guess. It's kind of fun how 
you and I have had this game of tag for a while where a couple of times in our careers, you wound up someplace that I once was. So Frankenick was one of those. And then further down the road, Tudor Doctor, right? Yeah, so Tudor Doctor, I, that was where I, I basically left after Jam Pro at the you know, well, I was with Frank Connect. It was kind of that in-between period of time there. But yeah, I ended up joining Clear Summit Group and Dan Moynihan and, the, and that team and Frank Milner. And that's where I met Dennis Campbell, actually, who's a colleague of mine here at Level 5 and a really good friend, too. But yeah, we, we worked on Tudor Doctor and had amazing success. And I had 15 directors globally. We you know, streamlined process there. We um, built out some good score scoring and scorecards to benchmarks for folks to have good success with and did a lot of training with the team. And I think the year I took it over, there was they were generating somewhere around ten to 12,000 leads a year and selling about 80 to 90 franchises, which is maybe a 5 to 7% personal profile to, to deal ratio, which is basically an application to deal. And we ended up helping get them more refined where we had about 8,000 leads. And then where we then generated um, about 160 new franchise units, which is about a 12 to 15% personal profile to deal ratio, which was, you know, just a, we had an tremendous success rate there and then i got a, a phone call out of the blue didn't expect it another friend of ours barry falcon i don't know if you're familiar with barry sure i've known barry for years barry was part of the shelf genie group when i first met him yep and now he's with i franchise group and he had tapped my shoulder he's doing some work with a gentleman by the name of chris kenny who is the um basically managing partner of level five capital today he said you got to meet this person you would be perfect for what they're looking for and so I um, said no multiple times. <laughs> Finally, I said, okay, as a courtesy to you, I will go meet with him. I was very happy where I was. So I met Chris. It was a three and a half hour meeting. You know, show, sold me on the vision of where Level 5 Capital is going to go and Big Blue Swim School. And um, I ended up basically taking the position, but then telling Dan and then Dan countering and then me telling <laughs> Chris that I was going to stay. And then he said, no, you're not going to stay. We're going to do whatever can <laughs> for you. So it was, it was fun to be in that position at the time. And basically today I've been here over almost five, five years this summer. The growth we've had has just been incredible. We raised a $100 million fund during COVID and now we're about a $280 million fund too. We have our Big Blue Swim School, which we've awarded over 230 committed locations, uh, which is about $600 million in capital at deployment. And then we have Heyday Skincare, our 131 locations we've awarded there. We have Restore Hyper Wellness, which we sold for, I can't remember exactly the, the multiple, but when we came on board with them, they had about 30 locations. There are over 200 locations now, but we've awarded 600 locations. Our team, Acceleration Services, doesn't work with them today, but we're still an investor, a small investor. One of the things that separates Level 5 from other private equities is we always drink our own champagne, I like to say, where we invest in the brand and then we actually open up as a, as a large anchor franchisee with the brand. Why don't you do this? Why don't you hold on to that right there? Because we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from that break, I'd really like to tear into more of what Level 5 does and how differently they are positioned than others that are in the private equity space in the franchise world. But let's leave a little room for that conversation on the other side of the break. What do you say? Sounds like a plan. We're talking today with Scott Thompson, Chief Development Officer and Managing Director at Level 5 Capital Partners, and we'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. 
We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zorforum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zorforum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zorforum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zorforum. Learn more at Zorforum.com. That's www.Zorforum.com. And we pick the conversation back up today with Scott Thompson, Chief Development Officer and Managing Director at Level 5 Capital Partners. And going into the break, Scott, you were starting to give us a rundown on some of the investments that Big Blue, I think, leads the charge. And then you were talking about some of the other investments that Level 5 has made, but also kind of positioning the difference between Level 5 and how they approach franchising versus some of the names that we're all so familiar with in the private equity space. Why don't you start with a recap of that and let's get deeper into it from there. Sure. So Level 5 Capital is a private equity, small to mid-sized private equity fund. We invest in franchises that are personal services, family services, health wellness has been our core. Before Level 5 was Level 5, we were Level 4 Yoga, which we were a large multi-unit operator of Core Power Yoga. And then before that, the partners, the original partners, Chris Kenny, Neil Hobbs, and Charles Myers, they all work together at level three communications. So this is our evolution. Level five is probably what is going to be where it stays. That's the, the final name, if you will. Um, but we have a, a, a fund one and a fund two. Fund one was 100 million. Fund two is 280 million. And in those funds, the investments that we have are Big Blue Swim School, which is a kids swim school based out of Chicago, Illinois, founded by Christy Young. We have Heyday Skin Care, which is based in New York City, which is a facial bar. Uh, take They took the facial out of the spa and they've really made it a place for estheticians to thrive. And that's on, that was founded by Adam Ross. We also have, like I said, Restore Hyper Wellness, which Jim Donnelly and Steve, I can't remember Steve's last name, but they're based in Austin, Texas. We have Kids Strong, which is one of our newer brands in Fun 2, which is based out of Dallas. Matt and Megan Sharp. And then we have GoDog, which is Ben and Jess Ebert. And they're based out of Raleigh-Durham, which is a dog daycare, dog boarding, and dog social, which is a combination of a couple different concepts that have been out there in the past. And then we have, most recently in December, we invested in uh, 2U Laundry or La- and Laundry Lab, which is uh, laundry delivery. And that's Dan and Alex are the founders of that. So again, we invest in these early stage brands. We become an anchor franchisee with them. And then we also help get them professionally managed by adding team members on their management team and then leveraging our, our acceleration services teams internally. So you have, I think, a great many Orange Theory Fitness and those that are operated by the company and or by sub-franchise. How does that look in your portfolio? That is also one of our fund one, Orange Theory, which we're just the franchise 
Zia. We did not make a franchise or investment there. It's a great concept. And we have, I think, about 112 locations on a bunch of markets for that concept. The acceleration service team, just to give everyone context on that, we have about 130 employees. We have marketing technology and insights team. We have a real estate strategic market plan development team, deal makers throughout the country that on the real estate front and pods. We've got a construction and design team, so we build prototypes. And then we've got franchise development at the front of the spear of my team. But also on that franchise development team, we have legal and compliance to support the brands as well. And then we have finance as a service and HR as a service, both Again, amazing teams to help these brands have bumpers as they're scaling and make sure that they're putting the long-term automated systems in place that will help them scale and keep them out of hot water. Now, you say emerging. What's that definition look like as described here? Because in so many places, we hear the definitions of things like emerging being a little bit different. Some will tell you up to 50 or even 100 units, you're still emerging. So when I look at a brand, right, there's these stages that a brand goes through. There's the startup phase, there's the emerging phase, there's the high growth phase, there's the professionally managed phase, and then there's the legacy phase, right? And a startup brand is obviously the founder is still figuring it out, right? Probably doesn't have capital. The founder might have a couple managers. They don't typically have executive level talent on their team yet. And they're kind of trying to figure out, is this business scalable? Can I open it in multiple markets? So the playbook is kind of still being figured out, right? When you get into emerging, that's where you have uh, multiple locations. So just to give an example, when we bought Big Blue Swim School Chicago, they probably had three locations operational at that time, but they own their own proprietary technology. So we could go back years and years of data to their customers and we kind of see their path of that business, right? And we could understand how the customer behaved. So that was useful for us. Heyday has locations in New York City and LA, and we could see how they operated in those two different markets and they had the customer data as well. And it really helped us understand that business to be able to make the investment there. So that emerging to me is anything 25 units or below and more than two markets. So you probably want to be in at least five markets and have 25 units, somewhere in that 10 to 25 unit range. Once you get over 25 to me as you're scaling. So like for me, when we invested in Restore and now where we are with KidStrong, they each had, I think Restore had about 30, 35 units open at the time. And then KidStrong is somewhere around, they're around 60 plus units right now open. It's That's the high growth phase. They've got a lot of franchises sold, but not yet open. They're figuring out their tracks and how to open these doors consistently obviously they're they're scaling so they're high they're in that high j curve growth acceleration growth curve and then along the way that's where our sweet spot is because we can really help eliminate mistakes all founders make along the way and it's just with scaling and making sure that they have the right talent in the right positions you know like the old Jim Collins book, Good to Great, right? Right mm-hmm. people, right feet, you know, having the right systems and Dr. Gerber and all all the book, good books that you've all read, like but truly making sure that those systems are in place so that the scaling happens. And then, you know, we get them to that professionally managed phase. And at that point, that's where probably another private equity shows level of interest and we support them. And you know, we usually stay on as a multi-unit franchisee and or we stay on as a board member and so forth. Can I share my <laughs> definition of emerging franchisor with you and see what your opinion is? Doesn't matter how many you it's in my mind, they have. I think the more defining issue is are they cash flow positive? Are they royalty self sufficient? To me, mm-hmm. that's the mile marker that counts. And we do a lot of that work, right? Even though you might be royalty sufficient, a lot of these businesses need capital to continue to make sure they're scaling properly. Right. Totally agree with you. Totally agree. So, what's too small for you in terms of investment? 
you talked about Big Blue was, I think, only three units when you entered. Right, but they were pretty well defined as far as their playbook and their, their strategy. And their, essentially, their um, operating manual was really well defined. And they had a lot of things in place. Obviously, we helped polish it up and build it out further. They understood their business well. Work Capital is always, to me, the most unique in terms of private equity and franchising with a buy it and hold mentality in most cases, where private equity usually is a five-year flip, right? Mm -hmm. So where do you fit in that spectrum and what makes you different there? Every business is different. We don't put a whole bunch of debt on our businesses. Not to mean we wouldn't put debt, but our job and our focus is to create the value, the real value, which is doing the locking and the tackling and making sure that the quality doors are getting open. And for us, like if it's four years, great. That's what the investment case is. If it's seven years, great. But it's really making sure that we have a real informed investment case on what we think we can do, what the unit performance is, and what we believe we can sell and open in that time frame. And then just executing that plan with the founders and the management team. And then your team is deeply involved in day-to-day and working with these founders and that's their management the, teams? Yeah, that's the beauty of Acceleration Services. It's a, it's a nice wrap around the management teams and the capital teams. Because when we go to board meetings, a lot of times the capital team knows a lot more, just as much as the management team as to what's going on with the business. Yeah, we're in it with them. So, so post-COVID, we're in a whole different world. Private equity seems to be entering another phase of rolling up portfolios or putting umbrellas up over groups of brands that service the same consumer. I think Neighborly was probably one of the first, but we're seeing that repeat itself again and again and into different verticals. What's the future and the one to three year look like to you looking ahead in terms of how franchising is going to position and pivot itself in private equity over it? I mean, that's just a smart way for private equity to do it. If you've got a really, really solid performance and track record with the management team, and you've got good shared services that you can leverage and teams, building out those platforms and adding brands to a good operating system just makes sense, right? Call center type stuff, finance as a service, all of these generic kind of business functions can be leveraged under these platforms. And it just, it saves cost and it builds value real fast, especially if they're good at opening quality doors. So Inspire Brands is a a really good one on the restaurant front. Like you said, Neighborly on the home service front. It just makes sense for the teams to have multiple brands underneath it. Where do you see things moving and how far out can you actually look anymore, Scott? We used to be able to do a five-year plan, but post-COVID, I don't hear much of that. I hear people talking like, we're looking at the one to three year. What about you? We're five years out. I mean, we're, the things that we're doing today, it's amazing how fast we've grown in four years just myself being here like there is a there is definitely a five-year plus plan for for level five and we've got some amazing senior level leaders i'm lucky to have a seat at the table that are used to building billion dollar market cap companies so we're we're on a pretty fun ride right now but there is a five-year plus plan definitely and what about broader for the industry and government relations and Yeah, Yeah, you know, you're seeing certain things change, like some of the disclosure. The Federal Trade Commission, I think those laws will stay pretty consistent. I always worry about the joint employer and the Department of Labor and registration states, some of our more aggressive states. I worry about laws that they try to pass that impact what we do. But I do believe that franchise industry, the IFA, they even though we're small, we're, we're mighty. And I think that, again, the more people we can make recognize what franchising is and general and get more folks involved and 
understand it's not just French fries. It's uh, it's a lot of business and it's a it's an actual very, very good way to do business because it helps lots of families build some generational wealth and also for the communities that you have locations in. Every franchise location is typically an individual uh, or a family and like they're giving back to their community, they're providing. I just think the more people get involved and understand how franchising impacts communities and, and the overall local economies, and I think the government won't, won't infringe too much into what we do. Scott, we have to leave some time for you to give contact information, but before we do that, my favorite question each week is, what have I not asked you that you wished I did? Well, I have a awesome wife, Elena, who is my better half, who is always my biggest supporter and cheerleader behind the scenes. And then my son, Miles, loving baseball lately. We got tryouts this week, and I just hope everyone can maybe get, put some good thoughts out there for him. I want him to make the select team. So Great. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. What about some contact info for those who want to find you again and have a deeper conversation? Yeah, you could uh, email me at scott, S-C-O-T-T, at L-F-I-V-E, capital.com. Wonderful. Scott, I really appreciate you coming here today, spending some time with the audience and making yourself available. And we didn't even get to talk about your teaching at UGA. We'll save that for a follow-up conversation. What do you think? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, they just got my MBA there this past summer, and they asked me to teach principles of franchising. So it's just kind of nice. By the way, I had a conversation with Michael Gerber the night before last and told him that you've elevated him to doctor. He's not a doctor. He said, he said thank you, though. I'm going to change my rate card now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's Dr. Gerber on that. It's I mean, not a doctor. It's not doctor at all. It's just Michael E. Gerber or Gerber, as most of us that know him call him. That's funny. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. Scott Thompson. Chief Development Officer and Managing Director at Level 5 Capital Partners. Thanks for joining us here today. Uh, thanks, Dan. That was fun. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap for today. Coming up in the weeks ahead, Roger Martin, Trevor Rapley, Ann Huntington Sharma, Josh D'Agostino, and Alan Young. So until next week, when we're back here to do it all again, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.